Hello Marlins fans and welcome back to another episode of Swings and Mishes. I'm your co-host and producer Jeremy Taché, joined by Craig Mish on this lovely Friday morning as the Marlins head into a series with the Atlanta Braves. Craig, how you doing today? Doing very well, Jeremy. Congrats on the great golf outing at the Marlins uh, tournament. It was, I heard, yeah, yeah, it, was, I heard. it was all me with my putting. That was it. Yeah, it was my I, level. I, I heard. So congrats on that. But yeah, we're, we're headed to the end of this homestand here. They'll play the Braves, the Marlins will, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and and then go back on the road again. And lot, lots of days off in between, which is interesting. But they'll play Tampa Bay. They'll play uh, in Denver, which they've always had a really huff, uh, tough time doing. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks if they can kind of hang in the race, which is what they're trying to do at this point, just to you know stay relevant to the point where things maybe happen positively for them in July and August. We'll see about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I, I think the season has pretty much been what I thought it was going to be to this point, a few games under 500. The one positive that I would say um, amongst all is that, and it must be really good for Bally, by the way, is that all the games are going to the ninth inning. You just yeah. don't know if they're going to win or lose in the ninth, which is really all you can ask for in terms of entertainment in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball. The results have not been there, but they're keeping you watching these games until the end. And so for me, that's kind of what I wanted to see this season. I did not want them to be down for nothing and then just trailing and then the game ends. So that has definitely changed on the positive side, whether or not that actually translates to wins. I know they probably believe that and the run differential people are out again in full force and they probably believe that. But as we know, that's a fallacy. We went through this all last year. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what the end result is, Jeremy, and it will start this weekend with the Braves. Yeah, considering this team, realistically, I think we would all agree probably hasn't played other than that, that win streak hasn't played their best baseball, certainly, um, by any means. You can feel good about just hovering around 500, but again, some of those those close games have to translate into wins at some point. And specifically, actually, let's go back uh, to Wednesday night's game. Uh, Wednesday night, the Marlins lost 5-4 in extra innings um, in 10 innings. It was, it was a real back-and-forth game, a really crazy yeah. game. Um, wh- what were your thoughts on, on what happened there on Wednesday? Yeah, I, you know, there's somebody, there was like an internet sleuth on Twitter who posted this, and I've been asking a lot of questions about this over the last day or two. So I'm genuinely hoping somebody that is listening on on behalf of me who has a Little League playoff game tonight, an All-Star game Saturday. I mean, Jeremy, you have no idea how how crazy busy I am until this this Little League season ends. We're, we're trying to win the championship here, and we're down to the end. Um, which is preventing me from doing again the job that I'm going to have to ask somebody else to do. <laughs> is, is, a pe- is, is, is somebody posted this on social media? Very interesting that apparently the, the Marlins may have flubbed in the tenth inning, um, meaning that essentially uh, th- there was a scenario that somebody posted on social media that the Marlins in the tenth inning all they simply had to do was uh, take Aguilar out as the DH and put Castano in his spot, swap those two players in the 10th inning, uh, which would have meant Castano was the placed runner in the 10th. He does not have to be. And then Jazz would have been, Jazz would have been the runner in that spot, which would have meant on one of those two wild pitches, he's on third sacrifice fly to right field team scores. I, I think anybody who knows me by now knows that I'm not a Monday morning quarterback with this stuff. And I don't know whether or not the Marlins would have won. I'm not trying to say that at all because I have no idea. Sure. Uh, but certainly the optics of the rules and not completely uh, knowing if that is indeed the case is a little bizarre. I believe the Marlins actually did this once before 
in they a have. previous season where they did this swap. So why that didn't happen, unfortunately, I don't have the answers for you. I have tried to find out what exactly happened in that. And in the last 24 hours, I have not been successful. But I am hoping that somebody will do a better job than me and figure out what happened there, if that indeed was the case. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm I'm basically yeah. putting this out there in the stratosphere <laughs> that hopefully somebody can can get this clarified because indeed, if the rule wasn't understood, I want to know why uh, why that didn't happen and why Bass was the place runner and not Jazz in that spot. But I bet I bet a better explanation is coming. I did want to put this out there because somebody on the internet, somebody on Twitter, did take the time, Jeremy, mm. to put this whole thing out there, and I read it. Um, and, and I, I was not able to get complete clarification on that. But if, if that is indeed the case, Marlins need to do a better job of understanding the rule. And if I am wrong on that, I need to do a better job mm-hmm. of reporting. But one way or the other, we'll get that figured out. Shout out to the internet trolls, huh? The gotta love. Gotta oh, on, love the, on this one people. for sure. Yeah, on this one, on this one, on this one for sure. Uh, yeah, a play like that. I mean, I, you know, I, I felt blessed to be able to watch Anthony Bass show off his wheels in person, yeah. but you know, uh, no, it, it, it is it is crucial to be able to see uh, moments like that. And yes, like you said, the Marlins have actually, I believe, utilized that rule last year at some point. But I thought they did. So why that didn't happen the other night, I don't know. It was a little bizarre to see Aguilar taken out as soon as the inning yeah. began for him to run out and Bass came in. Somebody had suggested Jazz wasn't feeling well and all that. Yes, I get he all was. that, but he had a home run and scored and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, I, don't, triple, I, I can't buy amazing. any of that. Yeah, I'm not buying that. But but anyway, just wanted to bring two minutes to this podcast sure. today. Hopefully somebody can do, I mean, full transparency, a better job than me figuring sure. out what, what happened there to, to avoid that happening again, by mm-hmm. the way. All right. Well, uh, let's move on now into you know where we're going moving forward. Um, Jorge Soler. It looks like he may uh, come back for the Miami Marlins. What's the update update there with Jorge Soler? Yeah, yeah. So I, my my understanding is that he could play this weekend against the Braves, whether it's in left field or DH. So we'll have to figure that out. My also understanding is that the idea, and 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 I think that this is a good rule of thumb, Jeremy, going forward is and and again when donnie does his pregame talks and says a guy is available to pinch hit that does not always mean that he is really available to pinch hit it means let me put this out with all due respect to donnie to think that there is an actual chance and then in the end when we go 10 innings and anthony bass is on second we realize he had no chance whatsoever to pinch hit in that game correct Uh, but why would why would any major league baseball team put that out there for for everyone to know, oh, he's out tonight. Now the other team, the Washington, doesn't think that Solaire is available to pinch hit. They can go about their business. Solaire was not available, in my opinion, uh, in that game. Uh, but I do think that he could come back this weekend. So I would not. I, I don't think an injured list in is coming on Solaire. It would be nice to see him against his former team, and obviously he was starting to to kind of heat up a little bit. Looks Final- good. Finally Looks started cool. to hit some home yes. runs and, and mm-hmm. was looking a lot better. Um, as is Abby Garcia, his approach at least is looking a little better as well. Solaire uh, in particular, oh, I would Solaire say, though, definitely so. looks like he's, he, I mean, I don't know how Correct. this little back thing is going to affect him, but that was the one guy that I did think, like, wow, when he starts clicking, um, you know, he can take the place of a guy who's not. You know, when he's Sanchez is struggling, Solaire is hitting. They, they all have not hit at the same time, and I suppose that's baseball, but. Yeah, and and Solaire is the type of guy who, for a few games, honestly, similar to what we saw last year from Adam Duvall, who can kind of carry the lineup for for a few Pretty days. Much. So um, okay. good comparison. Looking at the uh, at the minor leagues, um, some unfortunate news: Max Meyer has gone to the IL. Obviously, the last time we were speaking, we were talking about potentially a, a calling up of Max Meyer. So, what's the update on Max and and where things stand with him and that uh, that UCL? 
Okay. So I'm going to be a little careful with my words here because I'm not the pitching expert on 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 anything, but I'm going to kind of go through what I believe happened in in my best estimation and sort of where we are moving forward with Max. Okay. So Max two starts ago had probably his toughest start as a pro where he gave yeah. up a bunch of home runs, wasn't completely located, locating correctly. And and then he had the start the other day where he was just he looked nothing like what Max Meyer is. Let's be honest. It was yeah. nothing like that. Remember also he was moved up one day to start in that spot. So knowing the player uh, in, in Max Meyer, he is, you know, and, and there are some players who, who are going to come to you and tell, you know, a coaching staff, Hey, I'm, you know, my elbows barking, my arm is barking. Here's the deal. And there are others who just think that, Hey, I'm superhuman and I can get through it. And then there's no indictment on either one of those players. Max Meyer is the latter. He is going to be the one that's going to try and pitch through everything. And he's going to say, I'm fine. And I want to be out player. there <laughs> by the way, still thinks he could pitch right now. Sure. Um, that's just who he is, which is what makes him who he, who he is. But unfortunately after he threw the previous time um, and, and got beat up a little bit, give up those home runs, uh, you know, the, the recovery times for him over his last couple of starts, Jeremy, have not been as smooth as they had been previously. So basically mm -hmm. you, you pitch and then day one, you're sore. It's your baseball player. You know this uh, day two, yeah. you're a little better. Day three, you're a little better than that. And then day four, OK, I'm ready. And then five, you pitch. <laughs> right. Well, well, the recovery times for Max have been le apparently have been a little bit less and less to the point where he's pushed up to make a start. And, uh, you know, probably should have not made that start. But again, yeah. it's not it's neither here nor there. It's what happened. Um, you know, could not find any release point. I, I think they diagnosed it as nerve irritation, mm -hmm. which my understanding is accurate. And so therefore, when you don't have full feel of your of your arm and oh, your no. pitches, you're going to just be all over the place, which yeah. is what Max was in that start there. So consequently, an MRI was done. Uh, several opinions on the MRI. The one thing that I can say conclusively is that there's no structural damage whatsoever to his right. UCL. Okay, so now we can move on from that. So now what right. is it? Is it just a matter of wear and tear? Is it a matter of, uh, you know, as they mentioned in the diagnosis, nerve irritation? Will he pitch again soon? My understanding is that there is a chance this weekend that he could just throw a toss just to see how he feels. This legitimately could be one start. I'm not sure that it will. I'm, I'm sort of thinking it'll be a week or two, but who knows? This may legitimately just be one start and That's he great. is back out there. Um, the other factor that goes, that goes into this a little bit that I don't know as to whether or not this plays into this whatsoever. And again, not being the pitching expert, I don't want to speak out of school, but Max has an elite slider and he has what I think most would consider somewhat of an elite fastball too. But mm -hmm. to pitch in the big leagues and to be a starter in the big leagues, you need a third pitch. So right. you need the changeup. So he's been throwing a lot more changeups this season, Jeremy. So, uh, you know, again, that changes the torque on the arm and it Completely. changes everything else. It's something that a pitcher has to get used to. I am not going to sit here and say that this has anything to do with this injury whatsoever because I don't know. But I think that we all just need to be aware is that he is still developing in the minor leagues um, at a very fast pace, I would say. And I do still think that even after, you know, pre previous to these two starts that he was ready, <clears throat> excuse me, to make his major mm -hmm. league debut. And I still do think that he was better than at least one of the options in the Marlins rotation. And, and I do think that it was really crappy for anybody to think that 
that, that the Marlins in some way were validated with that start that he had the other day. And yeah, shame like, on, on a lot of people who put that out there to think that that was like, oh, congrats, Marlins. You got that like right. That's a referendum it, of, of the kid. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that that's just that, that to me, that was pretty, you know, hurtful, uh, to be honest with you. And, and I and I think that a lot of people saw that, too, something to file. But beyond that, uh, you know, the, the Marlins can be right and Max Meyer can be right, too. And no one's wishing for any of this stuff. So long story short, I may have flubbed on a couple <laughs> of the details that I just gave there. I'm not 100 percent sure, but that is my understanding sure. as to where we are with Max Meyer. My estimation is that he will be back starting minor league games in the next week or two. I don't think this is a serious injury, but I do think that everything that I have just explained goes into a bucket. And now you understand, hey, you know, like maybe maybe it's this, maybe it's that. We're going to have to see on his recovery time. Maybe he shouldn't pitch every, uh, maybe shouldn't be pushed up to pitch. Maybe he is going to need a little bit of extra time. I I don't know all of those things because I am not going to be the expert here. But that is my understanding, Jeremy, as far as Max Meyer is concerned. They're still uh, very encouraged with everything that they've seen. It's just one of those periods of time where a pitcher is throwing and he's throwing every five days. And happens. You know, he's a little sore. Uh, MRI shows essentially nothing and needs needs to you know take a, a, a break. And that's what he's doing. The MRI showing nothing is the is the biggest takeaway here, right? Like knowing that there's not any structural damage at the moment is is huge, uh, particularly when you talk about that area of the arm. And yeah, sometimes it's gonna happen where there's some like soreness and numbness and pitching is a crazy thing. Like it's one of the most uh, weird things that we do to the human body is, is throwing a baseball as hard as Max Meyer throws a baseball. So sometimes there's going to be some some strange soreness there. But all right, as the Marlins head into this weekend again, they're they're taking on the Braves, who are also hanging right there, right around 500 yeah. in the division. It is cool. Hey, you know th- these teams are all sort of stacked up together. Um, so as we head into this series, um, and I believe Trevor Rogers is on the mound tonight for Miami. Uh, what do you expect from Miami? What 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 should we be looking for in this series? Well, this, this is going to be a far more, even though the Washington series was somewhat competitive for a few innings, this is going to be a far more competitive series. Washington, uh, they've they've beaten them now five out of six five times. Five out of six, correct. And again, credit to the Marlins for beating up on the team that they're supposed to beat. This is the schedule. This is who they play. They're going to play Cincinnati. They're going to play Pittsburgh. They should win those games. Got to do it. Respect Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. But these were the games last year, Jeremy, that they did not win. They would lose those games. And by the way, they'd play San Diego, the Marlins, and L.A., and they'd look good against them. They'd play up. They'd play down. Yep. Um, This year, it's like they're not playing up, but they seem to be playing and and beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, which is actually fine. So, look, now – now the, this is a better judgment. Let's be honest. It's a better mm-hmm. judgment of games. They've already beaten the Braves once, two out of three. We can go back and look at that third game and say, okay, they got that one. That was a little fortunate. Yes, true. But in the end, wins they, it's the wins are the wins. They get three against the Braves, two against Tampa. The Rockies are never easy in Denver. It doesn't matter how uh, – the Rockies are actually okay this year, but it doesn't matter how poorly the Rockies are playing. Go back and look at the history of the Marlins in Colorado. It's not pretty. Forever. So so this will be a nice little you know, test here before they get back again, play another good team against San Francisco. And then the schedule lightens up considerably, I, I would say, after that. So their goal, next 10 days – Five and five, yep. hang around five hundred somewhere along those lines. Can't have these you know, two and tens right. and one and nines. I mean that that's just not sustainable. So I, I think we'll learn a little bit more over the weekend, and then again, at least as of now, 
uh, you know, after Rogers, Eliezer Hernandez is scheduled to start. I, I know that I've gotten a lot of flack for just being critical on him and the starts. I, I don't know what to say. He's a major league baseball player who has not performed at all. I know he, how nice this kid is. And, you know, again, I, I can't be completely accountable for not going, uh, for going, not going into the clubhouse as much as I would like to. It's, there's no question I have not been. I'm not going to say that I have. But the, the, the numbers are the numbers. And he's giving up more home runs than almost anybody in baseball. I don't see any adjustments. But they're going to roll him out Saturday, see what happens. And then Sunday, I believe you have Sandy. So you would expect a dominant performance, which yeah, I think he's best. He's probably the best Sunday pitcher in Marlins history, to be honest. I mean, they line this guy up on Sunday. It's 1 o'clock, and then this guy goes and throws seven innings. So... Uh, good shot to win. Good shot to win the yep. series, I would say. Two out of three. But Atlanta, without a doubt, Jeremy, has played far below where they're going to play over the rest of the season. Correct. Far below their performances. And you just have to hope, if you're a Marlins fan, that this isn't the weekend that they, boom, they wake right. up and here's Atlanta sweeping. But, I mean, Matt Olson and Albies and, oh, and Austin Riley. You know, be I mean, those guys are going to be better. Uh, Charlie Morton. I mean, he has had the toughest start in probably five years, the last five years, whether he's been with Tampa or with Houston. He's, I mean, it's just he is not or Atlanta. He has not looked like himself at all. Right. So, uh, you don't know. It's, it's baseball. We don't, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. But, um, you know, the other thing is, you know, Jazz, uh, we're going to get that all-star ballot, I think, here coming up next week or the week after. And I know the Athletic is, is doing a big piece on him, which is going to be out next week. He's you know, clearly having a phenomenal season. It would be really fun to see, uh, you know, the fans vote him in Correct. to the All-Star game. Um, I mean, my guess is he would be selected as well if this continues, but it would be something to have a Marlins player voted into the game. Yeah. Because that's a, a big rarity. I uh, don't know the last Stanton? time it's happened. Stanton voted, is a guess. Voted, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I, I'm sure he was voted in at some point, but man, it's been a few years since. I think Stanton. Um, yeah. Yeah. At least that 2017 year for sure. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I had this conversation the other day with someone about like his voting competition for the all-star game. It's probably the guy who's going to play against this weekend in Albie. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Well, that, that should lead to, to some fun baseball this weekend. I am, I'm excited to see Trevor Rogers make this start. Um, he's been very know, good. He's, he's really, I mean, yeah. even the quote unquote struggles at the beginning of the year, like to see him, um, pretty immediately right the ship here it's been cool to see that and, and the way he and Mel Stoudemire have worked together to sort of continue to build that up so uh yeah the Marlins head into this weekend against the Braves and it should be a good series looking forward um to seeing these two teams square off uh any final news and notes before we wrap up here oh yeah no uh, championship just, yeah, the weekend for you yeah the bullpen is it's gonna be yeah I mean all of June too honestly but oh my god the, the bullpen has has been a, a source of concern specifically I think for the ninth inning and, and that, you know, more along those lines, like Bass has been really good in the seventh when they've put him in those spots. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're considering using him at all as the closer, at least from what I understand right now. So it does feel like we're trending towards Sulcer, Cole Sulcer, getting most of those opportunities. Um, and then we'll uh, and then we'll go from there. Um, and, and then obviously on the flip side, I, I don't I don't know what the Marlins are going to do um, as far as Anthony Bender is concerned. It's very clear uh, this player. Uh, looks nothing like he did a year ago. I'm not right. sure why they've tried to put him by the way, Jeremy, as you see in much different spots, low leverage, easier right. situations, and it has not gone well. So 
uh, you know, we'll just, we'll kind of have to see there. And, you know, obviously Cody Poteet is an option in the bullpen. Once the guys come back, Lazardo, by the way, does seem to be perfectly fine. And, and I would expect him to make a start very soon if, if, um, if, if that is the case. So those are all my last second updates here and uh, look, okay. hope everybody has a good weekend and we'll be back in a week or two and knock out another episode. Yes, we will. Everybody enjoy this uh, series against the Atlanta Braves this weekend. And we will talk to you soon. Make sure to follow Craig Mish on Twitter at Craig Mish, me at Jeremy Taché. And we will see you guys next week.